welcome back to part two of our Arpatour story. If you missed part one, I'd encourage you to check that episode out. This episode will conclude our trek as we celebrate over $500 million in grant funding for various projects across the state of Missouri. The second week of our 12-stop journey started on June 27th in the city of Carthage outside of the City Hall building. This nearly $500,000 community revitalization grant project seeks to address significantly dilapidated and hazardous sidewalks, as well as make improvements to the downtown historic district. This is part of our Helping Missourians Prosper tour. We're making 12 stops around the state. We're hearing former director of federal initiative, Shad Burner. Today, we're here to celebrate Carthage receiving $499,950 for a grant program to revitalize some of the downtown area. So congratulations on that grant award for Carthage, Missouri. As I said, this is all part of the Helping Missourians Prosper Tour. Um, to step back a little bit, in 2021, the state of Missouri uh, got notice that we were going to receive $2.7 billion in American Rescue Plan Act funds. And very early on at the Department of Economic Development, we decided that we wanted to try to get as many of those dollars as we could for community and economic development revitalization projects to ensure that that money came to the communities that needed it most. So we actually were able, with the help of the governor and the legislature, to get $542.5 million for projects like this, nine new grant programs. And I'm very excited uh, to say that we have obligated 92% of those funds at this point. So most of those dollars are now heading toward projects like this one here in Carthage. But today, this is really about highlighting a specific program, and this is the Community Revitalization Grant Program. We had $100 million allocated out of our um, over $500 million for that one program alone. We had over 203 applications and $274 million in applications. Uh, so we had a lot of great projects that were competing for these dollars. And we were able to make 70 award, awards all throughout the entire state. Um, so this is one of those awards. And we're very excited to see what's going to happen here in, in beautiful downtown Carthage. This is my first opportunity uh, to be in town, the courthouse and the square. Um, but this, these dollars are going to help significantly dilapidated and hazardous sidewalks that are going to be repaired as part of improvements of this downtown district. As you can imagine, the Downtown Square Community Revitalization Project for sidewalks and streetscaping has been on our hearts for a while. That's Jen Kirby, Executive Director of Vision Carthage. Most recently, in 2019, we began to discuss what the dream of revitalizing downtown could look like. The discussions turned into a grant application to the Carthage Community Foundation for streetscape renderings. The renderings were the crucial first step that allowed us to visualize the plan to key stakeholders and proceed to funding the project. In 2022, Vision Carthage identified a funding opportunity through the Missouri Department of Economic Development and in partnership with the city, moved forward with the application, which brings us here today. We look forward to the new sidewalks, ADA compliant upgrades, sound, accent lighting, and landscaping plans that will help create a vibrant downtown for years to come. June 27th continued at the J. Watson Idea Loft at Missouri State University in Springfield for an over $1.6 million workforce training grant aimed at providing training to unemployed and underemployed adults. These investments will allow us with our partners to provide training and services to over 1,200 impacted individuals. James Stapleton, co-founder of Codify. 
who will create a minimum of 60 new high growth potential companies and over 500 new high quality jobs. And will generate an annual increase in sales revenue and personal income of over $37 million. Yeah, we'll use $7 million investment to help create an annual return of over $37 million. As many of you know, the hardest thing about these kinds of programs, delivering them over a vast region like this, is really to get the word out and to make sure there's awareness where sometimes there isn't awareness about these kinds of resources and services. In your communities, in your friends' communities across the region, um, help them help us make sure we don't miss individuals who could really benefit from these programs. When we were originally looking at Build Back Better for the state. We're hearing DED's acting director, Michelle Hathaway. We jumped on a call with Rachel and James and heard about kind of the first idea of the Innovate Southern Missouri concept. And we jumped off the phone and called each other right away. And we were like, this is economic development. This is an amazing opportunity for Missouri. How do we replicate that around the state? And it's an honor for us to be here today to help support it, and we look forward to doing it in the future. If the map behind us depicts anything. That's Missouri Senator Lincoln Huff of District 30, and the map he's referring to is the Southern Missouri Innovation Network, founded by Codify and eFactory. It was displayed in the room for everyone to see, and it comprises of 47 counties in Southern Missouri. Highlighted on the map are areas like Joplin, Branson, Sykeston, and Perryville, just to name a few. The goal of this network is to accelerate innovation, workforce, and economic development. What I want you guys to look at is from Neosho to Farmington and Sykeston back to Carthage, that's what collaboration looks like. I don't want to see this map in the future be bound by those borders anymore. These are maps that should grow out, right? They should go north of the river. We can have these partnerships with the states around us. Because if there's one thing that I like to remind everyone, the people that are actually doing the work and employing the folks that we all say that we care about, you're the ones that we need to be investing in. Those are the roadblocks that we need to look at and say, how do we get around that? How do we fix that? And I think 47 counties in the southern part of the state shows you what you can do when you collaborate. Our next stop on June 28th was in Delwood, Missouri for a $3 million community revitalization grant project. The goal of this project is to restore an 8.6 acre vacant shopping center to accommodate several services aimed to assist the community. Upon our arrival, we could see the restoration work that was taking place. That work would continue around us as the event started. What this center has to offer is simply um, summed up in one word, hope. Missouri's Lieutenant Governor, Mike Kehoe. This neighborhood does not know what hope is. When you go to a 14 or 15 year old young person in this area and you start talking to them about what's possible in life and in Missouri, they can't comprehend it. They, they, they don't even know the simplest word that we take for granted and that word hope, they don't know. This is a physical demonstration of what hope means. And what you're offering to the community, and as I told them earlier, you're gonna change lives for generations. And that's a game changer that's happening here and the ripple effect will continue on. And I can't wait to see what happens when the center opens and the effect to the community around it and bringing North and North County back to the days I remember not so many years ago. And I can tell you, we're hearing Missouri Senator Brian Williams of District 14. There's a lot of kids that grew up 
in this community like I did that would have benefited from refuge and restoration. And to know that the future generation is gonna benefit from what Ken and Beverly has been able to do through hard work, through prayer, the one thing that they've been able to do that I think is more impressive than anything, and that's something that we have to do every day as elected leaders, and that's work through personalities and understand that service to the community is not about partisan positions. It's simply about coming together and doing what's best for our state. And that's why you have the coalition of people that are here today. If we could write in the last 10 years every name on the wall that has had a hand in how this has unfolded. Beverly Jenkins, president and CEO of Refuge and Restoration Nonprofit. I don't think we could fit all the names on the walls. This grant means the absolute world to us. And it said to us when you all said yes, it said our state believes in what we're doing. And, um, and that alone is, like I said, beyond grateful. So this is what this is all about, is that when grassroots organizations come together, this, is, um, this has not been done. That people who live in the community, are among the community, work and play in the community, have been able to raise up um, an entity that now serves the community, this is unprecedented. So walking through here yeah. earlier. Ken Jenkins, board chair of Refuge and Restoration Nonprofit. Met a young lady, looks like a sophomore in high school. I'm pretty sure she graduated. And she was so excited. She's an apprentice on a project and she's working right behind you. And I had an opportunity to talk to her. And one of the, the gentlemen working with her said, this is what this is about, creating jobs. And so even here right now doing construction, it's creating access and opportunity for people in our community. And just to see the folk out here working, uh, this young lady in particular just blessed me this morning, her excitement and joy to be a part of this project. And so this, the impact is beyond what we can even imagine. And they're excited and it's just the beginning, you know, of what we're going to see. So those dollars are going to have a much greater impact than we can even imagine. Yeah. Because to see that young lady just was a confirmation for us that this is why we're here and why we're doing what we do. Following this stop, we headed over to BioSTL in St. Louis to celebrate an over $2 million workforce training grant aimed at scaling industry-led training programs for biotechnology and biomanufacturing. Important to have unique sectors like BioSTL. That's DED's acting director, Michelle Hathaway that are making the way and making the name for St. Louis. It's important as we're attracting new businesses and growing businesses, as we lean on them to show that this is the strength that St. Louis has. This is what sets St. Louis apart from other cities. I'm a big fan of BioSTL and its mission. Missouri's Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe. And what they've done for our state and for our region here in St. Louis in attracting global partners to come be part of Missouri's economy. And without the efforts of the entire BioSTL team, we'd have a different looking region and it wouldn't be as good looking as it is today. As we look at what the project will do, advancing people's knowledge in the biotech industry so they can do better for themselves and their families in that industry that Missouri seems to thrive on. Much thank you to the efforts of BioSTL and others across the corridor we have between here and Kansas City. You couldn't find any better definition of economic development. We also heard from Eric Golvey, president of BioGenerator and executive vice president of BioSTL. He tells us more about BioSTL and what this workforce grant will be used for. So BioSTL has been driving innovation in the St. Louis bioscience community for 20 years now. Initially through its startup arm, BioGenerator, which creates and builds high quality startups 
through early stage investments and other tools that support early stage companies. And you've also heard today about Global STL, an arm of BioSTL that recruits high growth innovators from across the globe to meet the needs of our corporations and other institutions here in the region, and again, across the state. The third major focus of BioSTL is ecosystem building. That's what we're here for today. We've been at this again for over 20 years now, collaborating with a very wide variety of partners. And this includes a diverse uh, set of activities, STEM education, public policy, equity and inclusion, workforce, and regional collaborations designed to enhance the capacity of this region for bioscience work. BioSTL and its partners believe that the bioscience industry in Missouri is poised to scale significantly over the next decade. We wanted to lead out on this ARPA workforce training program because we understand the critical importance of a high quality workforce to the success of our industry. And these new investments from the state ensure that we'll continue to have an outstanding workforce to complement those other assets I've been referring to as we grow our statewide industry. More than two years ago. That's Justin Ramundo, Director of Regional Workforce Strategy at BioSTL. He explains the workforce development aspect in more depth. When we started on the path to establish a singular industry-led workforce development platform for the bioscience sector here in St. Louis, it came to a surprise to many that nearly half of the jobs available year over year in this sector don't require an advanced degree. Instead, it requires just high school completion and some form of technical training to secure a quality job at companies like Millipore Sigma and Thermo Fisher Scientific. This serves as the foundation, as Dr. Page alluded to, for the ARPA-funded Biotech for Mo training platform. As we increase technical training in biotechnology, these trainings have resulted in new forms of upskilling, work-learn models, and apprenticeships that you can uniquely enable career and economic mobility, particularly for those hardest hit by the COVID-19 pandemic. In partnership with MoBio and BioNexus KC, we're bringing this collaborative, industry-led, and community-responsive training infrastructure across the state with a focus on scaling training capacity and intentionally pairing that training with wraparound supports. Finally, with partnership from MoBio, we will reach more companies across the state through virtual training models and community outreach to both rural and urban Missourians. Our final day of this 12-stop journey, June 29th, started in Sykeston, Missouri, where we met in downtown's Legion Park to hear about the multiple grants received in the area. We are celebrating $9.3 million in grant funds to Sykeston, Missouri. Former Director of Federal Initiatives Shad Berner explains in more detail. I normally say some other stuff, but there are seven grants that was received in Sykeston, Missouri. So I'm just gonna go right into those grants and we'll get on with the program. You received a workforce grant to the Sykeston Public Schools for $3 million. This will allow the Career and Technology Center to expand and purchase a vacant building on the loan, which is a great facility, I saw it, and add to the services for that um, Sykeston uh, Career and Technology Center. That's one grant. An industrial site development grant to the city of Sykeston for $2.5 million to expand the wastewater capacity at the North Industrial Site. This is a big deal, part of the Unilever expansion project and to add more opportunity for expansion at that site. In the community revitalization program, there were four grants received in this community. The Grace Community Center received $1.1 million to build the Grace Youth Center at the corner of Compress and Petty Streets. The Delta Area Economic Opportunity Corporation, DAOC, I couldn't even say the whole thing, received $1.1 million in community revitalization. 
for a community and cultural center known as Malone Park Academy of the Arts. The city of Sykeston received $770,000 for the expansion of Legion Park with an open air market, portable ice skating rink and more. So a really exciting project right, that's right here where we are in Legion Park. My friend Joey Keys is over there with the SEMO Food Bank. They received $350,000 to add new delivery trucks, not only in Sykeston, but around the Southeast Missouri area. Finally, um, in the tourism grant program, the Sykeston Regional Chamber and Convention and Visitors Bureau received 484,000 to develop a rodeo museum and visitor center right here in downtown Sykeston. This is the kind of change that's generational for the city of Sykeston, for Southeast Missouri, for the state of Missouri, the kind of things we really wanted to see invested in when we started dreaming up these programs. I want you to know that you are represented at DED and we fight for all of our communities. We're hearing again from DED's acting director, Michelle Hadaway. But we know how important it is for communities like Sykeston to be represented and make sure that grants like these are out and distributed to communities like Sykeston. So we're very excited for that. About 18 months ago, there was one person in the ARPA team and that was Shadberger. And from there, he's hired 20 individuals. We have an amazing team. And these team members, these are temporary jobs that are set specifically for the ARPA programs. So they come on board knowing that these are temporary jobs, but they know that the impact that they're gonna have in communities like this and the difference that they're gonna make for generations to come because of the dollars that we set aside and are putting towards programs like this. Our 12-stop journey ended the afternoon of June 29th in Ironton, Missouri at the Shepherd Mountain Bike Park. This local tourism asset development grant project will continue a multi-phase project to build a world-class mountain bike park. Right now, phase one was to make us a destination for mountain bikers. Mayor of Ironton, Missouri, Jeff Stenson. We've done that, it's incredible. Phase two, which this is for, is going to bring the mountain biking community and the mountain bike park into the community. And it's going to allow us to hike, walk, bike, all over Ironton, all over Shepherd Mountain Lake. It's incredible. And now the community finally is going to start to feel what this project has been doing. We've seen it, those of us involved in being here have seen it. Now it's finally time for the community to get the benefit of it and feel it. And that's what I'm most excited about, truly. Um, we are now becoming a tourism community, which is really going to mean uh, great things for our economy. It means jobs, it means great um, facilities, everything around this city is going to be incredible, and that's what we're so looking forward to. Get passion and enthusiasm from the community. Missouri Representative Chris Dinkins of District 144. And that's what sets us apart from a lot of urban areas. They can have a corporation come in and build something like this, or they can have a billion dollar donor, but we have volunteers and we have hard workers and people with passion. We may not get it done on phase one. We may have to do it in phase one, phase two, phase three, and not be able to do it all at once like they can. But because of the passion, determination, dedication, and all the hours of volunteerism, we can get it done. And we are lucky to have such a great park. This wouldn't have happened without the community. And that's what Arcadia Valley is. It's not just Ironton, it's Arcadia Valley. That's Robert Lorewood, former mayor of Ironton. And we are a community, okay? And phase one was built strictly by this community. Local funds, local work. But now we have it. 
So we've reached out and the state is going to help us go to the next level. And phase one, like they said, is the downhill trails. And it's gotten us 15% of the mountain bike community. The cross country trails that the state is helping us build will get us the other 85%. That's when we get families, that's when we get children that can ride the trails that we'll have. That's when we get them to come and stay. That's what it's gonna do for tourism. That's gonna be the big economic increase. And this is where our journey comes to an end. These 12 stops were only a small piece of the overall work that took place in the department to get grant funding out the door to recipients. There were nearly 700 grants awarded, totaling more than $500 million. Additional applications are currently being reviewed for other grant programs, so this is just the beginning. And as Governor Parson is apt to say, we're not done yet. 12 Stops was quite the endeavor, and there was no way we were going to be able to highlight everyone. But if you are an ARPA grant recipient and you would like your story told, we would love to hear from you. Reach out to us and maybe your ARPA story could be featured on an upcoming episode. We want to thank Team DED and our partners for making all of this possible. It's this kind of work that helps fulfill our motto of helping Missourians prosper. Thank you for listening.